Levinson, and this is Light On, Light Through. Episode 18, Keith Olbermann, Jack Bauer, and Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Now, I wonder if there were a survey uh, taken around the world, which of those three names would be least known? Coleridge, Jack Bauer, or Keith Olbermann? And probably it would be Keith Olbermann. But he actually is the focus of this episode of Light On, Light Through. And uh, I'll tell you why. As I'm sure many of you know, 24, one of my favorite all-time television shows, began its sixth season last Sunday on Fox. It had um, a total of four hours, two hours on Sunday night, two hours on Monday night. And on Tuesday evening, Keith Olbermann, on his countdown show on MSNBC, launched into what I could only call a diatribe uh, about 24. And in particular, Olbermann was concerned that the portrayal of terrorism in 24 in general But in particular, some specific things uh, especially upset Olbermann. He didn't like the nuclear mushroom cloud that we saw at the end of Hour 4 on Monday night. He didn't like the terrorist bombings, the suicide bombings on buses in Los Angeles uh, and around the country, which are part of the tapestry of the show this year. Uh, And not only did Olbermann not like those uh, elements of the show, but he went as far as to suggest that the reason that Fox and the people who produce 24 had put them into the show was because they, Fox and the producers of 24, want to help the Bush administration rally support for the Bush administration's policy on terrorism. Obviously, what we're doing now in Iraq, homeland security. Now, there's no doubt that the Bush administration is in dire straits as far as popularity and approval uh, among Americans uh, is concerned. And I certainly wouldn't put it past anyone in the Bush administration to use any method they could, including a television show, to rally support. But uh, let's look a little bit more carefully at Olbermann's suggestion that, in fact, what we're seeing on 24 may be, and this comes directly from Olbermann's countdown show, he said it may be a deliberate attempt of the combination of the Bush administration and the producers of 24 to get the American people more upset about terrorism and more upset uh, about the possibility of nuclear suitcase weapons coming into the United States, blowing up in major American cities. So, first of all, with all due respect uh, to Keith Olbermann and his uh, logic, I think it's uh, fair to say, unfortunately, that uh, Americans don't need 24 or any television show to be concerned about terrorism. 
the news itself makes us concerned about terrorism. Certainly 9-11, certainly the Madrid and London bombings have far more impact than anything we could see on a fictional television show as far as making us concerned about terrorism. And by the way, the same, I think, applies to uh, Muslim organizations who are concerned that 24 is stirring up Americans uh, to be against uh, Muslims. I think if there is an anti-Islamic feeling that Americans have, it's due to the fact that we can see with our own eyes what happened on 9-11, what happened in London, what happened in Madrid and elsewhere. And I think most Americans are, certainly don't hold uh, all Muslims responsible for this. But at the, at the same time, uh, we can't deny the fact that it was Islamic extremists who were responsible for these horrendous events. And living in New York City and seeing firsthand what happened on September 11th and seeing the results of that to this very day, well, it's something that you don't easily forget and it's never really completely out of your mind. So watching a, a show like 24 or, for that matter, Sleeper Cell uh, or a movie that has to do with terrorism, sure, it might get us a tiny bit more in touch with those feelings than if we were watching a, a sitcom or you know, some kind of musical or some kind of historical drama that had nothing to do with terrorism. But the fact is the, the wellspring of concern that we have about terrorism, which is never really far from the surface, that is there because of the news and the reality, not because of 24 or any other show. But beyond that, there's something really ridiculous uh, and frankly ignorant in Keith Oberman's suggestion that uh, Americans or anyone would after seeing a television show, somehow have a profound change of opinion and not be suspicious of what the Bush administration was doing if previously they were, suddenly become supporters of the Bush administration if previously they were against that. Everything that we know about media and their impact on people suggests that people understand the difference between fact and fiction. This is a fundamental Jeffersonian principle, Thomas Jefferson, who believed very strongly in maximum freedom of expression, or what we would today call dissemination of information of all kinds, because Jefferson saw that human beings, although we can be misled, were fundamentally rational and fundamentally able to uh, tell the difference between uh, fact and fiction. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, about 20 or 30 years after Jefferson created with his uh, colleagues, uh, James Madison and James Monroe, the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment and all of these important protections to our freedom. Uh, about 20, 30 years after that, uh, someone over in England, a great poet by the name of Samuel Taylor Coleridge, 
published his Biographia Literaria, which was his, well, that's Latin for his literary biography. And this is where Coleridge comes into the title uh, of this uh, episode of Light On, Light Through, because Coleridge, in his Biographia Literaria, wonders what is it in the the human being that uh, that allows us to enjoy a poem? Obviously, Coleridge, a poet, was very interested in that. And he came up with what I think is one of the all-time most brilliant, insightful phrases to help us understand how we enjoy poetry. And the beautiful thing about this phrase is it can help us understand how we enjoy all fiction. And Coleridge wrote that we have to bring a willing suspension of disbelief to our reading of any poem. And what Coleridge meant is we knowingly pretend when we read a poem that what we're reading is real, even if the poem is fiction. So, you know, we get involved in the Iliad and the Odyssey and the great Greek epic poems. We know full well uh, that Achilles may not have ever been alive, certainly isn't alive now. We know full well that the Greek gods were creations uh, of the people back then. They were not real beings. We know all of that full well. And yet we can get totally enthralled in and enjoy uh, those epic poems. Well, the same thing is true of today's fiction, fiction in our own time, Jack Bauer and 24. We can love that show, as I do, and we can get caught up in Jack Bauer's exploits. And what we're doing is we're bringing, in Coleridge's terms, a willing suspension of disbelief to those programs, and that's what is enabling us to enjoy them. But it's a willing suspension of disbelief, meaning in plainer English that we know full well that we're watching fiction on the television screen. When that nuclear weapon, when that suitcase nuke went off at the end of episode 4 of 24, does Keith Oberman seriously think that there was even a single viewer, a single viewer in all of the United States who thought for a split second that that was actually happening. And yet, Keith Oberman seriously suggests in his countdown diatribe that maybe, maybe 24 should be taken off the air. He couches that by saying, well, you know, if if the extremists, you know, on the right-wing side of the spectrum are suggesting that maybe shows with certain sexual content shouldn't be on television. Maybe by the same token, 24 should be taken off the air. And I don't believe that Oberman is seriously suggesting that, but, but you know what? It's a dangerous thing. It's a very, very dangerous thing to begin bandying around talk of taking programs off the air. 
When Mayor Giuliani in New York City a few years ago expressed his dislike of uh, an exhibit in a public museum and suggested that uh, the exhibit maybe should be closed, and in fact it was not closed, but people were outraged, and I was among them, that a, a public figure, and certainly a mayor, would suggest that an art exhibit be closed down simply because he didn't like it. Now, obviously, Keith Oberman is not a public official, but he does have a public podium. He does have a soapbox. And I think he does an enormous amount of damage to people who love free expression when he suggests, even in the way that he did, even in the hypothetical way that he did, that maybe 24 should be taken off the air. The fact of the matter is we now live in a society in which there are many people who clamor daily for censorship. Our own FCC, Federal Communications Commission, is almost daily figuring out what kind of huge fine to levy against this or that television or radio station. They don't care. The FCC doesn't care, apparently, and apparently neither do a lot of people in Congress, that we have a First Amendment that says Congress shall make no law. Congress shall make no law. What do the words no law mean? Congress shall make no law abridging freedom of speech or the press. That's what the First Amendment says, but the FCC doesn't care. A lot of members of Congress don't care. And I don't know what Keith Oberman truly feels about the First Amendment, but he shouldn't be even hypothetically suggesting that a television show, a work of fiction, be taken off the air simply because it might have the effect of shoring up some public support for the Bush administration. You know what? The Bush administration is beyond help. Even if the people at Fox and even if 24 were deliberately doing the Bush administration's bidding, even were that the case, it wouldn't help the Bush administration. So what is Keith Oberman worried about? You know what I think? I think Keith Oberman cares about one thing. I think he cares about himself. I think he cares about the ratings of his show. I heard he just got a nice big fat contract renewing him at MSNBC. I actually enjoy his show sometimes. I think he can be humorous. I think he has some trenchant opinions which do contribute to public debate. But I also think he tends to take himself too seriously. I think that he is interested only in what kind of impact his presentations can make, he and or his producers need to do a little bit more research before they go off and claim that a television show can influence public opinion the way he is suggesting, and even more so was somehow the result of a cabal between the people at Fox uh, and the Bush administration. So, Keith, I think you owe 24 and the American people 
an apology. You have uh, a little uh, bit at the end of each of your uh, countdown uh, shows. You talk about the worst person in the world. I enjoy that bit a lot. I think it's funny. Well, last Tuesday night, Keith, you were the worst person in the world because you were pandering for viewers and you were, in effect, beginning to suggest that censorship of fiction simply because you don't like its possible political consequences was an appropriate thing. That's a very dangerous thing to do. Not that 24 has anything to worry about. Probably all this attention will increase its ratings, which are fine already. So I'm looking forward to uh, the next episode of 24. And I'll uh, be keeping an eye on Countdown to see uh, what, if anything, Keith Oberman and his producers do about the concern that not only I, but many other people have uh, about his trashing of 24. Now, if you'd like to uh, actually see Keith Oberman's rant about 24... It uh, is now currently up on uh, the MSNBC website, but actually you can go to paullevinson.blogspot.com and you'll find a link there. I don't know how much longer uh, Oberman's piece will be up, so no guarantees, but there is a, a link that you can easily click on. And let me also mention, I'm recording this on Saturday, Tomorrow, Sunday, at approximately 7.20 a.m., I'll be interviewed by Todd Lights on KNX 1070 All News Radio out of Southern California. This is my usual weekly uh, media spot, and I'll be talking about this very issue, about Oberman's attack on 24... So if you have a chance, unfortunately, this show, as far as I know, is not archived, but it is streamed live. So if you're not in the Southern California area, you can listen to it at www.knx1070.com. Now, uh, as regular listeners of Light On, Light Through know, I usually like segueing uh, out of uh, the first part of the uh, program with some kind of little musical piece that's relevant. And I was thinking of putting up a little piece from Sean Callery's Superb Music from 24, but I thought I'd try something a little different. So, here we go. Thank you very much. This podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's blueberry with no ease dot com. Well, thank you, Patsy Terrell, for that sweet blueberry announcement. 
And I think I also heard someone in there say promo suite. So you know what that means. It's time for our promos. And I want to, again, uh, point you in the direction of Mike Thinks. He had a really good podcast a few days ago in which, among other things, he talked about a bizarre tactic that Yahoo seems to be trying out. And actually, I was a victim of it. If you're not careful, the Yahoo toolbar can take over your computer. And uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know if there was a cause and effect, but about a month ago this happened to me, and shortly after my computer crashed. So uh, if you have a chance, listen to uh, MikeThinks.com, and uh, he can spell out to you what you should uh, be careful of regarding installing, almost without your knowledge, the new Yahoo toolbar. Now, I actually, I'm a big fan of Yahoo. I, I love their website, but this toolbar uh, is, is a really annoying and even potentially damaging option. And uh, there's also a, a podcast that you won't hear a promo for, but let me just tell you about it. It's called The Curious Eternal Podcast. And if you enjoyed the what you heard on Light On, Light Through a few weeks ago when I did the podcast about Carl Sagan, You'll really love the Curious Eternal podcast. The easiest way to get there is go to lightonlightthrough.com. Look down the right-hand column, and you'll find a link that you can use to get to the Curious Eternal podcast. For that matter, you'll find a link on lightonlightthrough.com, also to mikethinks.com. Now, let me also mention uh, on uh, Paul Levinson blogspot.com, I already said that uh, you can get the uh, link to the Keith Oberman rant against 24. You'll also find some other helpful links there. For example, if you are interested in reading uh, Coleridge's Biographia Literaria, there's a nice convenient link for you on uh, paullevinson.blogspot.com. Well, listen, the next few days we'll have some really great television. And as all of you know, I'm a great champion of television. I think it's one of the greatest dramatical forms ever really to have been invented. It's right up there with classic Greek tragedy and Shakespearean plays. And uh, in the next few days, of course, in addition to the continuing stories on 24, you'll uh, also have Rome, which will be going into its second episode. Battlestar Galactica is coming back also uh, this Sunday night. So there should be some good television viewing. So sit back, relax, enjoy. I'll see you next time. Check 
out the Mike Thinks podcast, www.mikethinks.com. News and current events with an opinion. The Mike Thinks podcast. It's the news you missed. www.mikethinks.com. Hey, publishing fans. This is Sean from the Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing podcast. If you're a fan of science fiction and fantasy literature, and if you're interested in learning the ins and outs of the publishing business, then this is the show for you. I interview best-selling authors... Ari Salvador, so thanks for taking the time, Bob. Ah, it's great to be here. ...industry experts... This is Keith R. ...and new writers who are blazing the path of publishing's future. I am uh, Brandon Sanderson. So join me today at www.adventuresinsci-fi-publishing.blogspot.com and become a part of the adventure. Did you walk out of the Matrix and wonder if you're a battery in a jar? Did you walk out of Daredevil and wonder, what is it like to be a bat? Do you and your friends stay up at night debating good and evil in the Star Wars universe? Does the question of life, the universe, and everything intrigue you? Then open your mind and tune into The Sci-Fi Show, thescifishow.com. And that's Fi with a PH. The Mr. Science Show, your weekly prescription of popular science. We talk about the science you want to hear about in a social context. For more stories and for the podcast, check out MrScienceShow.com. I'm Mark West. Have you been injured listening to average podcasts? Have you been the victim of pod faders? Have you been fraudulently induced to listen to a podcast that has substandard pod safe music and a really lame host? Then I urge you to subscribe to the Jersey Todd Show at www.jerseytoddshow.com. When another podcast is responsible for your podcasting injuries, we will work to provide you with the best podcast experience available. Jersey Todd is a real New Jersey lawyer that has no desire to waste your time talking about the law. Hey, this is Matthew Ebel, and I've been listening to The Jersey Todd Show with Todd from Jersey. And it's okay. So if you're in an accident or injure yourself at work and you're injured really badly, you should call an ambulance. Chances are the ambulance driver is listening to The Jersey Todd Show, www.jerseytoddshow.com.